If I were to ask Noah Webster to define hope for us this evening, he would say that it is a desire, it is to desire something with an expectation of obtaining that desire. Hope, by an earthly definition, is the emotional state which promotes the belief in a positive outcome related to events and circumstances in one's life. Webster would go on to say it is to cherish a desire with great anticipation for a rewarding result. That's the earthly definition of hope. That's what Webster defined hopes to be. Tonight, I believe if I asked you, many of us would agree that Christmas is one of those moments of great expectation. Christmas is one of those moments of heightened emotions as defined in what I just said. I know that as a child on Christmas Eve, most of us were sleepless with anticipation, just like our kids will be in just a few evenings and then again on Christmas morning. Eagerly waiting to see if Santa is going to come through one more time. Anxious to see if their wish list will be met with rewarding results or if they'll be greeted with a lump of coal or great disappointment instead. It's, it's most definitely a time of elevated emotions as we've all experienced and will experience once again. And there's nothing wrong with that, church. However, the problem with Webster's definition of hope is that it's usually in reference to expectations of earthly things. It's related to fleshly things and temporal things. It's likened to things or associated with things that come without a guarantee or no certainty in life, things that will break, things that will grow old, things or people which will falter and fail. That's the problem with earthly hope, church. Earthly hope says things like this, I hope that no one notices. I hope I get that job. I hope I have enough money. I hope I have enough gas. I hope he asks me out. I hope there's no pop quiz today. I hope they don't find out. I hope my team wins. I hope I'm not pregnant. I hope I have what it takes. I hope I get what I want. That's what earthly hope says. It's where earthly hope rests its hat. But unfortunately, as we all well know, this type of hope can be filled with disappointment. This type of hope lets us down. This type of hope can leave us discouraged, can leave us disappointed, can leave us dismayed, church. This type of hope is based on the work of man it's based on the ability of man. It's based on the choices and the decisions of man, whether they're good choices or bad choices. This type of hope is based on the affluence of man or the wisdom of man or the skills of man or even the generosity of man. The hope Webster's refers to is defined by man. This kind of hope depends on man, church, and it is determined by man. But how many of you know man disappoints? I don't know about you, but man has disappointed me plenty of times. It's either people that are close to me or people that are afar from me, people that I esteemed, people that you would think more of, people in positions of power that you never thought would fail you. But the reality is when we place our hope in man, 
man disappoints because man falters and man fails. And we'll look at that as I go, church. Man doesn't always live up to our expectations. Man doesn't always come through in the pinch. Man doesn't always satisfy our fancies. Man doesn't always provide us with the rewarding results that we had hoped for. Amen? Just the other night, my wife and I went out for her birthday dinner. I don't know if she's in here tonight, but she knows how much I enjoy our times together. I don't know if she's here or not. She should have been. <laughs> yeah, she is here. I don't know if she's here. And if you're watching, Tracy, happy birthday. Probably in another room. But anyway, after reading several reviews concerning a restaurant that we hadn't been to before. And I'm not going to give you the name because I don't want to discourage you or keep you from going and I don't want to besmirch them. But after reading a bunch of reviews, uh, great reviews of how wonderful this place was, the atmosphere was, how great the food was and how great the service was, we decided that we had gone there. But unfortunately, just as I said, man doesn't always come through with rewarding results. Man doesn't always measure up to our expectations. And on this night in this restaurant, they didn't measure up to my expectations. My wife says my expectations are a little bit too high. But when you're paying a good amount of money, you have high expectations. I'm not saying the food was terrible. I'm not saying the service was terrible. The service was good. But it didn't measure up to my expectations. It didn't meet the reviews that I had read. And, and the high hopes that I had for a wonderful meal came in too low. I had a wonderful time with my wife. But I, my, my expectations weren't measured up to. Why? Because man never measures up all the time to the expectations that we have. Most of the time, man fails. But that's the way earthly hope works, church. And it's exactly why we are not to put our hope in man. It's exactly why we're not supposed to put our trust in man or confidence in man according to the word. It's exactly why David said in Psalm 146.3, Do not put your hope or trust or confidence in princes or in mortal man who cannot save. Because man will disappoint. Man will falter. Man will fail. David spoke those words from his own experience as king, knowing that he fell, knowing that he faltered, knowing that he was king and he let his kingdom down. David understood that man will always falter and man will always fail. So not only was David saying, don't put your trust in princes and don't put your trust in mortal men. David was saying as king, don't put your trust in me because I've got the power to fail. Put your trust in God instead. And this is what we're going to look at tonight, church, because man will always let you down. Man always won't come. Man won't always come through for you. And it's why David said, don't put your trust in men. As a matter of fact, in Jeremiah 17, 5, it says, cursed is the one who trusts in man. Cursed is the one who depends on flesh for his strength and his sustenance and whose heart turns away from the Lord. The one who puts his trust in man is like this. He is like a shrub in the desert, and he shall not see any good come his way. He won't bear fruit. He won't be blessed. Rather, he shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness and in uninhabited salt lands. This is what happens, church, when we put our trust in man. 
This is what happens when we put our trust in people that have positions of power. This is what happens when our trust and our hope and our confidence shifts from God, the creator of the universe, to mortal man church. It's, it, it causes us to end up in wilderness places. It ends up leaving us in parched places. When you put your trust in man, the Word of God tells me that we end up barren and we end up fruitless and we end up like a shrub in the desert. Listen, I don't know about you, but I want to be more than a shrub in a desert. I want to be more than a shrub in a, in a barren uh, wasteland. I, I want to I want to be more than a, than a shrub in an uninhabited place. I want to be surrounded by the goodness of God. I want to be surrounded by the blessings of God. Amen. And the only way that's going to happen in my life, according to the Word of God, is that I begin to put my trust in God, and not in the strength of man. You see, the reality is when you put your trust in man, you get the exact opposite of what, what, what happens when you put your trust in God. The Word of God is telling me the passage of Scripture that we just read tells me that when I put my trust in man, I am an unblessed person. When I put my trust in princes and when I put my trust in people that, that hold positions of power, I end up barren and I end up fruitless. I end up finding myself in, in places I don't want to be. There, it's the exact opposite of what happens in your life when you put your trust in God, church. And this is what we need to understand. Listen, God is telling us that when we put our trust in man, we are unblessed and dissatisfied. It's telling us that we will never receive the reward. We will never experience the desires of our heart because that kind of hope is set in the wrong direction, church. That hope is set in man and not on God. It's set on things below and not on things above. And unfortunately, the sad reality is we're living in a society that has done just that, church. It's put its trust in men. Over the years, you have seen where the trust of our society has gone. We're living in a society that literally wants to take the words in God we trust off the money that we have. We don't trust in God. We trust in mammon. We don't trust in God, we trust in government. We don't trust in God, we trust in politicians. We don't trust in God, we trust in all of these other things. And what the Bible is telling us is that when we allow our trust to shift from God to man, we end up in barren places. We end up in parched places, church. And we need to learn a lesson from this. The sad reality is this world and even those in the church have put their trust in the wrong places We've put our trust and hope for help and provision in positions of power, like I said. We've put our hope for help and for provisions in people and in princes rather than in the Lord our God. And then we wonder why we're overcome. We wonder why no good comes our way. We wonder why there's never enough food. We wonder why there's never enough gas. We wonder why there's never enough money. We wonder why we find ourselves so often in the parched places of the wilderness. We look around at everybody else and good things seem to be coming into their life. But no good thing comes our way, church. Listen, if you find yourself in that place, the first question you've got to ask my, yourself is, have I put my trust in God? Have I put my trust in God? Because listen, when you put your trust in God, blessings come your way. 
When you put your trust and confidence in the hand of man, hoping man will help me out, hoping man will see me through, hoping man will give me this, hoping man will do for the do this for me. Instead of putting our trust in God, listen, you'll find yourself in a barren place, nothing good coming your way. But when you put your trust in God, your situation in your life turns around and blessings are released into your life. And it's what we need to look at, church. We need to understand that God is the source of our strength and the source of our provision. Cursed is the one who puts their hope and trust in man, God said. But blessed is the man whose hope is in the Lord thy God. And when you read this, it's saying rewarded is the man who puts their hope in God. When the situation seems hopeless, when the situation seems helpless, the Bible tells me that still blessed is the man who puts their hope in God. No matter what's going on in my life, no matter how the odds are stacked against me, it's telling me fruitful and rewarded and blessed is the individual that turns their hope and their confidence to God. You see, the first thing the devil will try to get you to do is turn your, your, your hope away from God. He'll try to get you to trust in man, but man will always let you down. Man won't always come through. Man will falter and man will fail. And when they do, so will you. When their source runs out, so will yours run out. But how many of you remember what I've learned taught over the last few weeks? We serve an everlasting God. Listen, your hope for provision should come from the everlasting God. Your hope for success should come from the everlasting God. Your hope for a miracle should come from the everlasting God. Your hope for forgiveness, your hope for all the things you need to succeed in your faith walk should come from God, not man. Listen, your hope better not be coming from me. Your hope better not be coming uh, based on South Metro Ministries because, listen, uh, we'll let you down. We're not perfect. I know there's people that come into the house of God and, and their expectations aren't met because the music was too loud or the, they didn't sing the right song or the pastor was too loud and shouty or the pastor didn't jump enough or shout enough. The, the, you see what I'm saying? When you're focused on man, you'll always be disappointed. But the reality is... When you come into the house of God with your hope set on God, it shouldn't matter if Pastor Allen is standing here or if I'm standing here, or Pastor Darrell is standing here or someone else is standing here. When your hope is in God, you won't be disappointed in the word that comes from God. But when you put your hope in man, you will be disappointed. I know I've let people down. Pastor knows he's let people down. But... But that means that you've put your hope in the wrong place. You want to be blessed, put your hope in God. You want to be blessed by the Word, put your hope in God. Cursed is the man who puts their hope and trust in man, but blessed is the man whose hope is in the Lord your God. Paul tells us in Romans 5.5 5, that there is a hope that doesn't disappoint. You see, the problem with earthly hope is that it does disappoint. The problem with earthly hope is that it does let you down. The problem with earthly hope is that it doesn't always live up to your expectations. The problem with earthly hope is that it will fail from time to time. But Paul tells us, like I said in Romans 5, 5, that there is a hope that doesn't disappoint. This is a hope that is defined by God, and it's dependent upon God. It's a heavenly hope, church, that the Word says God has put into our hearts all by himself. The heavenly hope that I'm talking about is a hope that you can cling to when you can't cling to anything else. 
It's a hope that you can stand firm on when you can't stand firm on anything else. It's a hope that you can count on when you cannot count on anything else. Listen, I don't want to sensationalize this thing in, in, in Newtown, Connecticut, but I'm telling you these families that are broken, these families that experience this horrific tragedy in their life, there's only one hope for them right now, and it is the hope of Jesus Christ and God. It's the only thing that will not let them down and disappoint them. Man, at times like this, can't speak enough words to bring comfort. They can't touch enough to to bring enough comfort. They need Christ, the, the loving compassion of Jesus Christ. This is what you and I need to understand. There is a hope that doesn't disappoint, church. When everyone else and everything else fails, there is a hope that stays strong. And it is a heavenly hope that I'm talking about. The hope Paul was speaking of in this passage of Scripture looks past today and holds fast to tomorrow. The hope that Paul is talking about is a hope that holds on to what it cannot currently see. Please grasp that. The hope that Paul is talking about holds on to that which it cannot currently see. I can't see the miracle, but I'm holding on. I can't see the promise, but I'm holding on. I can't see my son and daughter back home yet, but I'm holding on. I can't see the healing yet, but I'm holding on. I can't see the change yet, but I'm holding on. I can't see the money yet, but I'm holding on. You see what I'm saying? I can't see the favor yet, but I'm holding on. That's what heavenly hope does. It gives you the strength to hold on. It gives you the strength to carry on, church. Hope holds on to that which it cannot see. It's a hope that holds on to a miracle that's not yet manifested in your life. Holds on to the promise that's not yet been fulfilled. It holds on to the healing that right at the moment is nothing more than a heartache and a hurt in your life. But it holds on anyway. Because its confidence is in God. Its trust is in God. It's not in the diagnosis. It's not in the prescription. It's in God Himself, church. It's not in the counselor. It's not in the pastor. It's not in the friend. It's not in the stranger. It's not in the spouse. It's in the King of kings and Lord of lords. And it's what causes us to hold on. Paul's talking about a hope, church, that that holds on to the blessing that's not yet been bestowed in my life. It's been spoken into my life. It's been prophesied into my life. It's been read into my life. But it's not yet been fulfilled. It's not yet been released. But my hope will hold on until it's delivered into my life. That's what heavenly hope does. And heavenly hope will not disappoint us, church. You see, the heavenly hope that Paul is talking about holds on to a heaven that's not yet our home. We've heard about it, but we've not inhabited it. We've heard about it, but we've not yet walked on the streets of gold. We've heard about it, but we've not yet seen our mansion. We've heard about it, but we've not held the hand of the Savior yet. But the reality is Paul is talking about that holds on to a heaven that's not yet our home. It won't give up, won't grow weary. See, understand, the hope that Paul is talking about understands that no matter what goes on on this earth, i got a home in heaven that I'll one day be mine. I've got a place that I'll go to one day. You see, this isn't our house. We're passing by. And when you hold on to this world, when you put your hope in this world, this world will disappoint you. This world will drag you down. This world will discourage you. This world will come up short every single time because this world is passing away. 
And the reality is there's no way that this earth that is spoiled, this earth that is destined for destruction, there's no way it can satisfy the eternal soul. And so don't put your hope in this world. Don't put your hope in mortal men. Don't put your hope in princes or in people of power. Don't think you can go hobnob, and if you hobnob with just the right person, I'll get what I need. Listen to me. That person will let you down. They'll build you up one minute. They'll kick you out the next. You put your trust in God. I don't care if there's a thousand applications. I don't care if you've been able to hobnob with the owner. I don't care if you've had that special meeting. As long as you put your hope and trust in God, if God wants you to have that job, you'll get that job. Because when you have heavenly hope, it won't disappoint. Man will disappoint you all the time, church. Listen, the reality is there is a divine hope that overcomes. There is a divine hope that endures. There's a divine hope, like I just said, that holds on when everything around it fails. Church, listen, I know a lot of people who put their hope in man, and so do you. I know a lot of people that put their hope in Washington. I know a lot of people who put their hope in politicians. I know a lot of people that put their hope in people that hold positions, like I said, of high power. They put their hope in Wall Street. They put their hope in their 401K. They put their hope on, on, on the marketplace. They put their hope on their, their bank account or what we call Main Street. But all of those things can fail. I know a lot of people, church, who put their hope in social programs and in the things that are developed to help those that are in need. Nothing wrong with them, and I'm glad that we do. But listen, if that's your hope, I feel sorry for you. If that's the only thing you've got to cling to is the government and the social program, I feel sorry for you. Because listen, that's a parched place. That's a wilderness place. Because when you put your hope in man, the Bible says it's nothing more than a parched place. And blessings don't come from there. Abundance doesn't come from there. Abundance comes from God, not the government. Abundance comes from God, not man. It comes from the one who has the power to release whatever he wants into your life. He's got a government that's above every government. He's the one with the power to raise up governments and defunct governments, to put presidents in place and princes in place and tear them down as well. That's who we need to put our confidence in, church. Listen, the Word of God says, Blessed is the man who, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation who puts their trust and hope in God, not man. Listen, the reality is Jesus is our only true hope tonight. Jesus alone is our hope. Jesus alone is the source of our salvation. But the sad reality is we're living in a society where their hope is turned to man. Situations get so desperate. They don't have enough faith in God, don't have enough trust in God. So they turn their hope, they place their hope, they place their trust, they place their confidence in man. And when man lets them down, they get mad at man, and they also get mad at God. God don't care about me. God's not considering me. Please understand, when you put your hope and trust in God, He will not disappoint you. The blessing might tarry. You might have to wait. It might not come overnight. But please understand me, when that happens, God's trying to do something inside of you. He's trying to get you beyond where you are. He's trying to mature you in the Lord so that every little wind or wave that comes your way don't have the power to knock you out of the boat. 
Listen to me. We got people that can't even walk through kiddie pools when there's a little wave because they haven't learned how to stand still and know that he's God. Little wind comes by in their life and they can't trust in God for the little thing. How on earth are they going to trust him for the big thing? You better start leaning on God when the thing's little and not wait till it's big. The sad reality is we got people walking into the church all the time when the situation is so big that we can't even help them. Because I don't know what they did between that moment and the other. When it was small, when they could have trusted in God. When it was small, that they could have done what God called them to do. When they could have put their confidence and hope and trust in man. Listen, please understand, I'm not, when I say things like that, I, I'm not saying that the church isn't here to help. We are. But your help doesn't come from South Metro. Your help comes from the Lord, the Creator of heaven and earth. And if you think I can help you better than God, you don't know God. If you think this church can help you better than God, you don't know God. You understand what I'm saying? Blessings come from God. Unlimited supply comes from God. I'm limited in my power. The church is limited in its power and its ability. But God will not disappoint. It's exactly why... Listen to me. The reality is... We're living in a society, and I don't want to get political, and my, my point is not to get political here, but we're living in a society. When you look at how much our society depends on the government, we're living in a society who has put their trust in the government just like the Israelites did in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 1 to 22. You should know the story when I tell you it. For, for generations, God was their king. God was the one that they followed. God was the one. God was their government. But they got to a place where they cried out and said, Give us a king like all the other nations. Give us a government that we can rely on. Give us a government that we can depend on. Give us a government that will take care of us. And in that passage of Scripture, you find that their confidence, their trust, and their hope turned from God to man. And you know as well as I do that every one of their kings let them down. Every one of the rulers let them down as good as they were. David and Solomon and some of the others, as great as their kings were, they let them down, church. Our government will let us down as well. But what I want you to understand is that because their confidence shifted, they ended up in barren places. They ended up in parched places, church, because their confidence shifted in the wrong direction. If you want to be blessed... You must put your confidence in God. You must put your hope in God and your trust of God, a trust in God, church, because men will fail us. Listen, when everything else shuts down, when everything else fails to live up to our expectations, when everything else fails and ceases, the Bible tells us there are three things which will remain forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the heavenly hope that Paul speaks of in this passage, he says, will not disappoint us. The heavenly hope that I'm talking about, Paul says, will not let us down. The truth is, and I'll say it twice, the truth is faith is the key that opens the door to God's promises in your life. But hope is the tool by which we hold on to them. I'm going to say it again. 
Faith is the key that opens up God's promises into our lives. And please understand you need faith because without faith it's impossible to please God. But it doesn't stop with faith. Because the reality is, one more time, faith is the key that opens up God's promises into our life. But hope is the tool by which we hold on to those promises, like I said. Understand. It was by faith that Noah, when warned of things to come, picked up a hammer and started to build an ark. It was by faith, church, he believed and began to build. You see, the reality is faith is believing. Faith has to be put into action. Noah had faith. He believed what God said, and he started to build. You see, there's a lot of individuals in the house of God who are in the situation that they're in because they've never started to build. They've never started to get up and do something. They, they've waited on God. That I believe you, God. Well, God's waiting. When are you going to pick up your hammer? When are you going to start to work? When are you going to do what I've asked you to do? You see, Noah would have died if he didn't build the ark. Noah would have died in the flood if he didn't believe. Noah would have died if he didn't demonstrate his faith in God. And here's what we need to understand, church. He, it was by faith that he believed and began to build, but it was hope that held on to that hammer for 100 years. Faith picked up the hammer, but I want you to understand it was hope that held on to it for 100 years. When everyone else laughed, when everyone else mocked, when everyone else ridiculed him, when everyone else ignored him, I want you to understand that Noah held on to that hammer until the last peg was put in place. It's what, it's what heavenly hope does. It holds on. It's what heavenly hope does, church. It doesn't let go of the promise. It doesn't let go of the word. It doesn't let go of its trust in God. Please understand this, church. It was hope that held on to that hammer. When everyone else laughed, like I said, he held on. It was by faith that Abraham believed God would provide for him a son, even at his and Sarah's ripe old age. But it was hope that clung to that promise for 25 long years, church. Again, it's what hope does. It holds on. It holds on. It holds on. You see, the reality is when faith, like I said, isn't enough. It starts with faith. But listen, if you don't have hope... In what God tells you, if you don't have hope in the promise, you're not going to get where you want to go. The promise won't be released into your life because sometimes you've got to hold on and hold on and hold on. You've been there, church. Some of you have been there. It's lingered, it's tarried, it's waited, and some of you are still waiting, but you're holding on to the hammer because you know God's going to see you through. That's what happened with Noah. Listen, he held on. He believed in God, he trusted in God, and he didn't let go. And because of it, he was saved. It's what eternal heavenly hope does. It saves. He and his family were saved because he held on, church. By faith, Joshua, another one. By faith, Joshua stepped out into the rushing waters of the Jordan. The banks were swelling, the Bible says. It was at the time where the river was rushing the most, and it was by faith that he stepped out. It was by faith that God said, step out into the rushing waters. Yes, believe me, it took faith to take a step into those rushing waters. I'm not a fool, but I'm not going to step into a rushing river unless God tells me to. And if God tells me to, I better make sure it's God. Because if it's not, you're gone. By faith. Joshua stepped out into the rushing waters of the Jordan. But listen, 
It was his hope in the promise of God being fulfilled in his life that caused him to stand firm until the waters were pushed back and until everyone else crossed over. It's what hope does. It stands firm. It holds on and it stands firm. It's what hope does. Faith, church, takes the first step. But hope stands there in the midst of all opposition. Hope stands there in the midst of the difficulties. Hope stands there and it doesn't give up until God's promise is fulfilled in your life. It's what hope does, church. Heavenly hope doesn't grow weary in well-doing. It doesn't throw in the towel. It doesn't hang up its heart like David did. Another example where he understood his own weakness, frailties, and failures in life. He said to those... Don't put your hope in princes. Don't put your hope in me. Because there's been times where I've hung up my harp. There's times where I won't fight for you. There's times, you understand what I'm saying? There are times when man won't fight for you. There's times when man won't pray for you. There's times when man won't tarry with you. There's times when man won't care about you because they got to care about themselves. You understand what I'm saying, church? But God will not disappoint. Heavenly hope doesn't grow weary in well-doing, throw in the towel or quit. It fights the fight. It runs the race. It keeps the faith, church, because it knows a harvest is coming. It knows that a reward is on the way. Heavenly hope knows that God won't let me down. That's what heavenly hope does, church. It knows that it will come. Like I said, it might tarry. It might wait. It might seem to linger on. And you and I might think it's late. But how many of you know God's never late? Amen. God's always on time. Everything's perfect in His time. But the reality is, hope stands still in the midst of whatever is going on. Listen, hope stood still in the face of Pharaoh. Hope stood still in the valley of Elah with David when he faced Goliath. His hope was in God. His hope was that God would deliver him, not man. See, he realized, David realized, my king just failed me. King Saul, all the armies, all the soldiers, the army of which I was not allowed to be a part because I was too small, because I wasn't skilled, because I wasn't mighty, because I wasn't able. He didn't make the cut. He, put his, he didn't put his trust in those men and in the army. He put his trust in God. And what happened? He was delivered. He overcame. God did not disappoint him, church, and he will not disappoint us when we put our trust in him. When the wise men, as I begin to wind down, when the wise men set out from the east, I'm not done yet, but when the wise men set out from the east, faith believed the star to be a sign from God. Faith believed that the star was divine direction from God above. But hope is what followed it all the way to Bethlehem. I hope you understand what I'm saying. I hope you understand the difference between faith and hope. Faith in this story, faith in this instance with the wise men, faith took the first step, but hope took the rest. Faith went the first mile, but hope went 799 more all the way to Jerusalem church, all the way to the city of Bethlehem, because it was 800 miles to the Messiah. I want you to understand faith saw the star and believed that it was a divine direction from God. Faith took the first step, demonstrated its confidence in God. But I want you to understand it was hope that went the 799 extra miles. It's what hope does. It carries on. It holds on. 
It stands firm. It carries on. It's what hope does. And without hope in our lives, we're going to end up in barren places. We'll never see the Messiah. We'll never receive the blessings. We'll never have the the goodness and the glory of God manifested in our lives unless we learn to put our trust in God, church. Concerning the wise men, faith believed the Word of God, but hope saw the Word made flesh. Hope saw the Word made flesh. I want you to understand that faith was the, the very thing that believed Jesus was the Son of God, but hope is what held the Son of God. Hope is what carried them all the way to the Messiah. It's what allowed them to see the Messiah and hold the Messiah. The promise of God in their life. And listen to me. If you want to hold the promise of God in your life, you better have hope. You better put your trust in God. And you better not put your confidence in men. Because man will disappoint you, but God will never disappoint you, church. Heavenly hope holds on to the promise of healing as I wind this down, even when the doctor gives us a bad report. Heavenly hope holds on to the promise of provision, even when the cupboards are bare. Heavenly hope holds on to the promise of protection, even when we're surrounded by the enemy. Heavenly hope holds on to the promise of joy, even in the most troubling of times in our life, because heavenly hope holds on. Understand, some things that we have faith to believe God for, God brings into our life right away. Some things that God brings into our life, they're they're instantaneous. Some people are delivered instantaneously. Some people have a miracle done instantaneously, instantly in their life. Some people experience the, the goodness and the blessings of God just like that in their life. But I want you to understand that other promises are for the future. Other promises are for another time or another place like they were for Abraham and Noah and Sarah and Joshua and Elijah. All who had to wait for the promise of God to be manifested in their lives. You see, the sad reality is we're living in an instant society as I've preached in the past and it's hard for us to wait. It's hard for us to hold on. It's hard for us to stand firm. It's hard for us to carry on when we don't see the promise being manifest in our lives. But not all promises are meant for today. Not all promises or provisions are meant to be provided to you today because God is trying to do something in your life. You see, there is a strengthening, like I said, that takes place in the waiting. The waiting builds character. And the character Bible tells us develops an assurance in the things of God being delivered into our lives. Divine hope has its heart and eyes set toward tomorrow and not today. Heavenly hope looks past the trouble of today. It looks past the misery of the moment, just like Jesus did, who for the hope set before him endured the cross, the Bible says, so that when we have to carry our own cross, when we have to carry the weight of our own cross, we won't throw in the towel. We won't give up. We won't throw in, we won't quit the race, we won't quit the fight. You see, Jesus endured the cross so that we won't quit. He endured so that we won't give up, church. Here's what I want you to see as I begin to close this. Jesus, for the joyous hope before him, endured the cross, the Bible says. So what was the joyous hope Paul was speaking about? Was it sitting at the right hand of God once again? Was it being restored to glory Was his hope that he would once again wear a royal robe and put on a golden crown? Was it so that he could once again be worshipped by angels? And the answer, in my opinion, is absolutely not. 
Because the reality is Jesus had all of those things before he became flesh. Jesus had all of those things before he walked among us, church. Revelations actually tells us that Jesus was crucified even before the world began. Jesus agreed to be crucified before the world began. The Bible tells us that he was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth. And he had all of these things. Angels worshiping, a crown, a royal robe. He had a seat at the right hand of the Father. All before he came down from heaven and walked among us, church. You see, Jesus knew in advance how difficult the journey would be. He knew how much pain and suffering he would have to endure. And I don't believe that he began this difficult journey just for the joy of coming back to what he already had. I don't believe that he went through the pain and the suffering and the humility and all of the stuff associated with the crucifixion just to end up with more of the same thing that he already had, church. The reality is the joy that was set before him was you and me. The reality is, when you read Scripture, you discover that the joy that was set before Him was having us join Him at the right hand of the Father. You and I were the joy set before Him, and today He is the joy set before us. We were the hope that was set before Him, and today He is the hope that is set before us. We were His hope, and now He must become our hope. You understand what I'm saying, church? Jesus was willing to endure the cross not for Himself, but for us. Divine hope looks past today. It holds on to that which it does not yet have. It endures the suffering like Jesus did. The suffering that lasts only for the night because it has confidence in the fact that joy will come in the morning. You see, the reality is I don't know what you're going through tonight. I don't know what difficulties you're facing. I don't know what obstacles sit before you. I don't know what troubles on your table. I don't know what hurts you have or heartaches you have. I don't know what giants are standing in your way. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I do know that if you put your confidence in God, if you put your trust in God, I believe with all of my heart that he will not disappoint you, church. That our eyes would not be turned away from the real hope, God. The one who has the power to save us from every situation that we find ourselves in. And that is your son, Jesus Christ.